We'll take you around football, specifically soccer, which is coming down to the wire volleyball, which is at the midway point. You'll hear about the players of the weeks in all four of those sports. And yes, some USF Bulls in there on the football side of things. Of course, Cincinnati and hanging on, you were worried that they might drop in the rankings on Monday, but fortunately... Cincinnati is still high enough in the eyes of both the coaches and the writers to stay number two behind the unanimous top team, Georgia-Alabama. Back again at number three, jumping over Oklahoma, which did indeed drop actually two spots in the coaches' poll after getting shut out in the first half against Kansas. So perhaps the folks paying attention realize that going up against Navy is, first of all, not an easy task just from a schematical standpoint, but also the fact that this game was really decided by Cincinnati, and then Navy made it interesting at the very end. It was 27 to 10 Bearcats, and the Navy scored with 50 seconds left and recovered the onside kick. Problem for Navy is down seven at midfield in the final minute. You knew they had to pass the ball. Navy can get you via surprise on the pass, but when you know it's coming, well, what happened happened is Arquan Bush intercepted a pass with 25 seconds left. Really, though, the end of the first half, Navy had this game, or at least had it more competitive than you would thought it would have been, and still looked like it was going to be a halftime time, maybe even Navy taking the lead. But a field goal got blocked, and as opposed to Navy going up 13-10, to 10, Cincinnati actually almost ran it back for a touchdown. But Deshaun Pace stepped out of bounds with one second left, and that gave the Bearcats a, well, it didn't give them a 52-yard field goal, gave them a chance for that. So they had all the momentum. Then Jerome Ford, their fine running back, 43-yard touchdown, 20-10, to and then 27-10. to Again, Navy made it interesting at the end, kicked a field goal midway through the fourth quarter, then got the touchdown with 50 seconds to go and the onside kick. The only thing about that, touchdown drive, 16 plays, 90 yards. That's fine when you're, you know, trying to chew up clock earlier in the game, but when you're down two touchdowns and you take over with about five minutes to go, you might have to speed it up a little bit, and they had to indeed at the end, and Cincinnati got the win. So three undefeated teams still in the conference. Bearcats at 3-0, 7-0 overall. Same can be said of SMU, which of course won last Thursday night. We talked about that on the Friday version of the show. And Houston is 4-0. They beat the East Carolina Pirates. You can't call it convincing fashion, but still a win. In overtime, we'll talk more about the Pirates side of things of that 31-24 loss, namely the fact that they had to stick around all day. It was in Houston, supposed to start at noon, didn't get going until after 5 due to severe weather, and really East Carolina's defense pretty much shut down the Cougars except for a 98-yard kickoff return that had nothing to do, of course, with the ECU defense. That was after the Pirates had taken a 10-3 first quarter lead, and then Houston would put together a 32-yard drive thanks to a turnover. So offensively, they didn't have many long drives. In fact, another turnover set up their other score in the first half, 24-10. to And that was it. No more points for Houston until overtime. East Carolina shut them out. Still, the Cougars controlled it with its defense and looked like it was going to take a three-score lead. No problem in the fourth quarter. But they missed a field goal, a long try, and the Pirates came to life, scored with seven minutes to go, then recovered a fumble on its own and had this game tied with 5.43 to go. Houston misses another field goal, so they are feeling miserable going into overtime. And I guess they treated it like a brand new start because it was Alton McCaskill on the first play of overtime for Houston, a 25-yard touchdown run, and then East Carolina fumbled two plays later. And just like that, the Pirates go from thinking, we're going to pull off another big fourth-quarter comeback. Remember, they were down 17 to Marshall and ended up winning on the road. This time they forced the overtime against Houston. 
but of course get the loss there. On Friday night, it was UCF over Memphis 24-7. Memphis without its starting quarterback, injured Seth Hennigan. Peter Parrish, 31 of 48, but 215 yards and three interceptions. UCF's defense obviously had its way here. Got all the offense the Knights would need in the first quarter. Two touchdown drives, and even though it was just 14-7 at halftime, it was really a comfortable victory for the Knights. By the final score of 24-7, it was really their defense that did the trick because overall, offensively, UCF was held below 300 yards. You can't call that an overly impressive victory, but still, the Knights needed something positive, and they got it with the W. So you have, as I mentioned, the three undefeated teams after that. In the conference, Tulsa is in fourth place at 2-1, and one, below 500 overall. UCF now goes to 2-2. Two and two. And then the Bulls, along with East Carolina and Temple, are at 1-2. and two. Nice to see, frankly, three teams underneath the Bulls in the standings. Memphis 1-3, and three, Navy 1-4, and four, and Tulane 0-3. Oh as far as the players of the week, Tanner Mordecai, the SMU quarterback, threw for 427 yards and three touchdowns in that 55-26 win for SMU against Tulane on Thursday night. So he was the offensive player. Defensive honors go to Donovan Mutant, junior linebacker for Houston. He's the guy who forced the fumble on that second play of overtime. Also had nine tackles and had a previous forced fumble. ECU was just one of 12 on third down in that game. And they turned it over three times. And by the way, they were 0 of 3 on fourth downs. Special teams player of the week was a dual threat. Marcus Jones, senior corner for Houston, had eight tackles, but also that 98-yard kickoff return, 121 yards on kickoff returns in total. The honor roll, a couple members of USF will highlight them on Tuesday's Bulls beat Spencer Schrader and Jaron Mangum. The other three members of the honor roll, basically the other players of the week, Devontae Brown, sophomore defensive back for UCF, had seven tackles with an interception. Curtis Brooks, grad defensive tackle for Cincinnati, had a career-high 10 tackles, 3 for loss. And senior corner for Navy, Jamal Glenn, had a career-high 11 tackles along with an interception. And he was the guy that gave the midshipman a chance there with the onside kick recovery. One more night left in the regular season of women's soccer. The conference tournament begins on Sunday. And actually, the Bulls hope to not be playing Sunday because the top two seeds get to sit out that round and advance right to the semifinals. You probably heard the number one seed gets to host, and the Bulls control that number one seed. They got a little bit of help that they needed during the course of last week with Memphis being held down, and again, Memphis lost on Sunday while the Bulls were idle. SMU and Houston, though, can still catch the Bulls. SMU is two points behind and has the head-to-head, so even if the Bulls tie Temple, SMU would catch them with a win. Houston is in third place, three points behind, obviously has to win and have the Bulls lose. Then there'd be tiebreakers because when they played Houston, USF and Houston ended up tied. But what happened over the weekend, which eliminated Memphis from being able to win the top seed, getting stunned by East Carolina, 2-1 to one in Greenville, it puts the Pirates in the conference tournament. Six teams are already known. Three are already eliminated thanks to what happened on Sunday. UCF, the other team that earned a spot in the conference tournament by crushing Temple 5-0, outshooting them 33-1. to But back to that East Carolina upset, they were down one nothing at the half. Memphis had 10 shots in the first 20 minutes of the second half, but it all turned with about 25 minutes left as East Carolina got a goal, and then they won it near the end of regulation. Also, SMU was defeating Tulsa easily, 2 to nothing. So again, the Mustangs and Houston can still catch the Bulls for the top spot. If the Bulls win, they're definitely number one. If they were to tie 
they would need SMU to not win its game. And frankly, you don't mind the chances of that being the case because SMU goes to Memphis, which is probably thinking it has to win to retain its at-large hopes for the NCAA tournament. Players of the week, Sydney Nicello gets the offensive award. She scored two goals against Cincinnati. Matilda Kack on UCF side, defensive player of the week. They shut out a couple of teams. Goalie was Samantha Estrada from SMU. Seven saves and a couple of shutouts of her own. Three matches still left to play on the men's side. UCF and Tulsa are still tied for first place. They both had easy wins on Friday night, which unfortunately carried over the trend of the conference with the top three kind of dominating the bottom three. The only team in the bottom three that's beaten any of the other three would be Memphis, and that's why the Tigers are in fourth place. But UCF rolled 3-0 at Temple. Their goalie, Tyler Levine, got his first solo shutout with six saves. So he was the goalkeeper of the week. Tulsa destroyed Memphis 5-0. Alex Meinhardt, a hat trick. So yeah, he was the offensive player. And SMU earned the defensive honors with Brandon Trevega, who also scored a goal in that one. Three matches Wednesday. We'll tell you about those on Wednesday's show. They include the war on I-4, which yours truly will be calling in Orlando. And the UCF volleyball team has surged to the top midway through the schedule with a 9-1 record. Thanks to, well, other teams losing in stunning fashion, namely Houston, getting beat by East Carolina after dropping the first two sets. And by the way, East Carolina forced a fifth set after dropping the first two against two lanes. So the Pirates have actually surged up the standings, but now there's a two-game drop-off from first to second place. Wichita has surged into that three-way tie, and Cincinnati has dropped into it. Bearcats suffered their first home defeat of the season Friday to that same Houston team, which got stunned by East Carolina. It's actually a three-way tie for fifth, six and four, Tulane, Tulsa, and SMU. No surprise, McKenna Millville of UCF, which had two easy victories, the offensive player of the week. On the defensive side, Rachel Tullis, a junior middle for Houston. Seven blocks in that win against Cincinnati. That's going to do it for Around the American. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.